Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. And today we are going to do some author training with our special guest, Stephanie Chandler. Uh, we're going to talk about the eight keys to a successful pre-sale for your book. So whether you are a first-time author getting ready to launch that first book or this is your 10th book and you're looking forward to a great launch, Stephanie's got some great stuff for you today. And we're going to discover during this hour the obvious and hidden benefits pre-selling your forthcoming book, why your personal website matters and how to maximize its effectiveness, reasons to consider publishing an exclusive e-version of your book, how to generate greater sales by adding bonuses, and some ideas to consider about that, DYI publicity strategies to generate big exposure, how to set reasonable expectations for sales, shipping, and beyond, why simple ordering is critical to your success and some easy-to-implement ideas, plus when, where, and how to start promoting your pre-publication author. Stephanie Chandler is the author of several books, including Our Own Niche and The Nonfiction Book Marketing Plan. And she's also the founder of Nonfiction Authors Association, and you can find that over at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. A frequent speaker at business events and on the radio, Stephanie has been featured in Entrepreneur, Business Week and Wired and Magazine, and she is a blogger for Forbes. Welcome to you, Stephanie. Thank you, Marnie. It's wonderful to be here today. Well, I'm so excited for you to share about this. We have a lot of author training available already over at Marnie.com, but we have never talked about a pre-sale. And it's actually something that's fairly new as far as like Amazon goes or whatever. So this is a wonderful topic, and you are the person to uh, share it with us. First of all, describe just just a little bit. What is Nonfiction Authors Association? Well, the association was um, born back in 2013 from another event I had been running since 2010, which was the Nonfiction Writers Conference. You know, I speak at a lot of writers' events, and I got really kind of frustrated that us nonfiction authors were kind of pushed into a corner. Um, At writers' events, it's more about the fiction writers and children's book writers, and we were getting ignored, even though nonfiction books, there's actually more nonfiction released every year than fiction and children's books combined. So I had launched a nonfiction writers' conference. We do it totally online every year for three days in May. And each year, my attendees were saying, well, how do we keep in touch after the event? And I thought, you know what? We need our own community. And so the Nonfiction Authors Association was born from that. We started as an online really a marketing-focused organization. And then, you know, in listening to our members, they're saying we want to meet in person. And we're in the process of launching chapters all across the country. In the last 30 days, we've already launched 15 chapters, and we're averaging about three new chapter leader applications a week. So I'm floored and thrilled and, you know, just so excited that there's a need, and, you know, we're working really hard to fill it. Well, that is so awesome, and you guys can learn more about that over at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. Well, Stephanie, let's go ahead and talk about this pre-sale book idea, because to some authors, that's like we've never even heard of a pre-sale of the book. I mean, we know a launch date and all that, but what is this pre-sale thing? So maybe let's just go ahead and talk about some of the benefits of pre-selling a forthcoming book. Well, pre-sales get people excited, right? So especially if you're already working on building your audience, putting your book out for sale before it's released is a great way to actually see if how engaged your audience is, how excited they are, um, and, and plus rack up some of those sales. And, and there's different ways to approach it. Your pre-sale can be something you host yourself or it can be something that um, you do as a crowdfunding campaign. I mean, there's a number of ways to approach a pre-sale, but really there's no no real downside to a pre-sale. It's, it's a pretty exciting opportunity for an author. 
So when you pre-sell a book, just kind of some maybe obvious questions, but not so obvious answers possibly, do you need to have the book done before you pre-sell it? What I usually recommend for authors is that you start your pre-sale no more than two months in advance because, first of all, you, you want to keep some momentum. People respond to timely offers, things like that. So you, I would say you want to have your manuscript done. Maybe by the time you're in editing, then you'll feel comfortable to get your, your pre-sale going. But you do want to be far enough along in the process that you know for certain it's going to happen, right? Because you don't want to pre-sell right. <laughs> and end up having to send back refunds or have it come out much later than expected. So you want to pad the date a little bit, you know, by several weeks or even a month from the time that you're, you know, pretty certain you're going to be able to release the book. And that way people are, are happy if it comes sooner, right? Rather than missing a deadline right. and have people saying, hey, what happened? Okay, so people who are paying for a pre-sale of a book, they know that they're not going to get the book until the release date, whatever date that is. And so uh, the other thing that I was curious is when you take the money then, what do they get? Do they get anything right away? Not necessarily. No, in fact, a lot of book pre-sales don't offer anything. But I am a big fan of giving buyers bonuses, especially if you're writing a business book or any kind of a how-to guide, I think, um, and you're building an audience around that, if you're consulting around a topic and you can come up with some kind of a bonus item, that's always a good thing to do. But it's not necessary. I mean, if somebody's interested in your topic or they're a fan of you and your work, they're not really going to expect anything on a pre-sale. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, like, other than building, generating excitement, what are some of the other benefits of going ahead with a pre-sale? Well, I mean, you're you're going to get more people talking about it. So in these, this age of social media, you know, there's a lot more opportunity to get the word out than when I was starting. You know, my first book came out in 05. I actually put it up as a pre-sale. So that's, that's kind of a fun story. I had um, a literary agent had called me. I had sent out proposals, and he said, I like what you're doing, but nobody knows who you are. You've got to build an audience. You need to be out speaking to thousands of people every year. And I said, well, you know, I, I had just left my corporate job. I didn't want to be a road warrior. And I thought, well, what am I going to do to reach an audience? So I ended up launching a website called businessinfoguide.com. And honestly, Marnie, I had no idea what I was doing. I was making it all up as I went along. But I started writing articles and sharing content, basically blogging before blogging was a thing. And I was getting more and more traffic, and people were signing up for this little newsletter I was sending out. And I decided to go ahead and self-publish that book. I was just impatient with the whole traditional publishing process at that time. And I put it up for pre-sale about two months before it was in print, just right as I was going into production with the book, and it started selling right away. And so that was really exciting to me as a writer um, to realize that people cared about what I had to say. And what's different today is that social media can take that message so much further. I was one person with one website and one little you know, digital newsletter. Today we've got all these outlets and ways to build buzz. You can, you know, we talked about you don't have to give people something but you can give them incentive to pre-purchase. You know, enter them in a contest and, and give away, you know, a retreat with you or consulting time with you or, you know, or a, a Kindle or, you know, something of value to get people to sign up early or give them some sort of a bonus. You know, the book's not ready yet, but, you know, here, download my audio program. And that will get people excited and that will get them talking about it. You can do a retweet contest on Twitter. I've done these a number of times where, you know, you incent people to share your message with a retweet and maybe at the end of each day you draw a name and that person, you know, wins a, an extra copy of the book or something along those lines. So it's really exciting to me to be an author in this day and age when we have so much access to reaching people. Hmm, that's so great. Let's talk for a few minutes about the website. Uh, you said, you know, when you started, that was all there was, but it's still really important, isn't it? Oh, there's nothing more important than your author website, and so many people underappreciate and underutilize their websites. Hmm. Hmm. So what would be the keys 
the Keys to a Successful Author website? So I am a a, a big proponent of a very professionally designed website. Um, There's a lot of do-it-yourself templates and things like that, but they have some disadvantages. And I think these days, especially if you're, if this is part of your profession, you know, we're speaking of, you know, in particular nonfiction, but in your profession, you want to really represent yourself well. That means that you have an impressive author website or you have a content-driven site. So this is another distinction that a lot of authors don't think about. I have both. I have an author website at stephaniechandler.com. That is where I view as my media and speaker site. That's where media goes to get information. That's where I get booked for speaking and things like that. But I have a content-driven site for my target audience. Back then, it was um, entrepreneurs, so I had Business Info Guide. Um, I also have a site for writers. So a content-driven site can be a real boost for your book if you're really clear about who your audience is and you are able to create the content. Now, content to me is key for any author, whether you simply have an author site or you have a content-driven site. Google doesn't like sites that sit idle, that don't ever change. So the more content you add to your site and the more frequently you do that, the better your chances of showing up in Google search. So because of that, I'm a huge proponent of blogging. As authors, we should all have blogs. We're writers, right? So there's really no reason to not have a blog. You can use it to blog your next book. Um, you can you know, use it to connect with your audience. And so produce a lot of content. Present yourself professionally. Make sure you have a great sales page for your book that's really clear, that has the benefits for the reader and a way to purchase the book. And, you know, as far as a website platform, I love WordPress. I think it's it's robust yet user-friendly. And these days you can have a WordPress site built, you know, very inexpensively. And I'll also add that this is a time when a lot of authors should be looking at having their websites redesigned because as of April, Google announced that websites that aren't mobile-friendly, that aren't responsive, that don't, adjust when you look at them on your mobile phone or your tablet device are going to get pushed down the rankings in Google. So if you pull up your website on your mobile phone and your website doesn't automatically adjust and isn't readable on your phone, you've got a problem. Google's going to knock your ranking down and it's really time for a website redesign. I could go on and on about websites for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And if you just type in Google Mobile Phone Test, um, that's going to go ahead and test your site for you so that you can see if it is Google-friendly uh, or uh, rather cell phone-friendly right now. And you do want to pay attention to that. It's so important. Well, Stephanie, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come right back and talk about why you should consider publishing an exclusive e-version and how to generate greater sales by adding bonuses and some ideas for people to consider. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more. All available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Are you enjoying every single bite eating with God? If not, visit www.eatingwithgod.com. That's eatingwithgod.com. Discover the easiest, most enjoyable way to move from where you are with food today to where God wants you to be in His perfect time and way. There are free daily bite recordings available to you at www.eatingwithgod.com or you can purchase the entire set of Daily Bites, 31 individual daily MP3 words of encouragement, plus the book, Gasping for Grace, 31 daily devotionals for discouraged dieters. To start moving toward your God-given ideal weight, visit www.eatingwithgod.com. That's www.eatingwithgod.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and our guest today is Stephanie Chandler, the founder of NonfictionAuthorsAssociation.com. That's NonfictionAuthorsAssociation.com. Stephanie, let's go ahead and talk about, um, you know, we're talking today about the pre-sale of a book before it even comes out, pre-selling it, 
uh, people purchase it and then they wait to receive it until the release date. But um, you mentioned that there are some good reasons to publish an exclusive e-version. So maybe talk to me about that. Well, e-books, no matter what, if you're publishing a book in print, it should be put into an e-book format because half of your readers are are reading digitally today. So um, I'm a huge proponent of e-books. But I, I want to also add there's a really cool feature by Smashwords, which is a distributor of e-books. Smashwords is my favorite distributor. They distribute to the iBook store, to the Barnes & Noble Nook, to a bunch of other ebook um retailers and so when you list your ebook with smashwords they now have a pre-sales feature where you can set up a pre-sale for your book with smashwords and then the day that the ebook comes out all those pre-sales that you've collected through Barnes and Noble Nook and through like the iBook store count toward your sales figures for that day so that can actually really boost your book in its your ebook, I should say, in its category. Now they don't link to Amazon, and unfortunately, we don't have a way to do that with Amazon. They haven't given us that kind of uh, control as self-publishers. But Smashwords is offering a really cool alternative for your your digital products, and I I'm a, I think everyone should have their books into ebooks, even old books. If you published a book you know, five or ten years ago and it's still a relevant book that you're selling, it's time to convert it to ebook format. Mm. Now when you said that Amazon doesn't provide that service, they do provide an ebook service. So what service were you speaking about? They don't provide the pre sales feature. So what I recommend when you're publishing your ebook is that you're going to do one Kindle version and publish directly with Amazon KDP, which is their Kindle publishing platform. It's actually relatively easy to set up um, once you've got your ebook formatted. And then in addition to that, you also need to distribute your ebook to the other retailers, to Barnes and Noble, to the iBook store, um, to Sony, to the other ebook outlets. And so I personally prefer Smashwords. Um, as a way of doing that, because they automatically handle distribution to all those other outlets, you don't have to have multiple publisher accounts. So then, for you, you would actually do one with Amazon or Kindle in this case, and then one with Smashwords, and that pretty much covers it for who you Absolutely. would submit to. Wow, yeah, that's, that's really exactly uh, right. very fast way to cover a lot of uh, cover a lot of places, distributors all at once. That's awesome. Okay, so in the pre. The pre-release of your ebook, then. Uh, so, when you were talking about Smashwords offering a pre pre-sale concept, Smashwords doesn't sell paperbacks. Is that correct? Correct. It's only for the ebook. Okay, so you could actually have a double pre-sale then. You could have a pre-sale date when your ebook would be released and a pre-sale date when your book would be released. Do you recommend that, or do you recommend that they everybody does it all in the same day? I don't. I don't really think there's a big difference in in holding back your ebook. I don't I don't promote doing that. Some of the big publishers do that. They will hold back the release of the ebook because they're trying to get more sales of the hardcover edition when it comes out. And I find that infuriating as a Kindle reader myself, (laughs) you know, that I end up having to wait or pre-buy the e-book. If it's available, a lot of times it's not available in a pre-sale. So um, I say release them both concurrently or, you know, within a, a couple of days of each other. Sometimes the timing just doesn't work out exactly right. But with your pre-sale promotion, you can be selling both versions. You can have a click here to, you know, reserve your paperback version or click here to get your your ebook version. There's nothing wrong with doing that and I think it's a great way to meet the needs of both types of readers. So I'd actually recommend that's the way to go. I have a question for you uh, that comes up a lot with authors now is the pricing of the e-version. So when you're self-publishing a book and let's say that the book is selling for 14 or 19.95 um, somewhere in a regular range for a paperback version, and you have an e-version of a full-length book. What uh, what do you recommend on that? So Amazon has really created a love-hate relationship with those of us who publish with them because they've really pushed publishers to um, put their pricing for e-books at 9.99 or less 
we're seeing more and more of the big publishers saying forget that and they're they're printing their or pricing their ebooks at 11.99 12.99 so i recommend especially with the non-fiction genre that you go with a higher price versus a lower price and probably want to stick within that 9.99 or less frame you know because amazon actually penalizes you if you go over that you earn less royalties so 9.99 is kind of the upper echelon what's happened in the ebook pricing strategy market is that most people are being told to price their books lower put it on at 99 cents and you'll sell more copies well what we're finding is that's not the case in nonfiction. Nonfiction readers rarely buy a book based on price they write a book they read a book based on need right so they're not buying a book just because it's on sale for 99 cents they're buying it because they want to learn about how to become a jogger at 30 or you know how to to lose 30 pounds by next you know christmas so you really i think can get away with a, a higher price in your nonfiction, especially when you're talking about how to anything with advice or a teaching concept in it memoir if you're not a celebrity is a little tougher sell you probably do need to come in maybe in a mid-range, like a 4.99 or a 5.99, until you've built up some readership. And fiction is at the lower end. It's you know 99 cents to 2.99. You know is sadly where fiction writers are having to to set their pricing, especially if they're not known yet. Mm. Well, that's such great input, and thank you for that. Let's talk a little bit how to generate greater sales. You know, you were saying, you know, some of the advice is put your price lower and you sell more, but that's not necessarily true. How do you increase sales? Well, you work your platform, right? So hopefully you've started building a platform long before your book is coming out because you want a, an audience. Your platform is essentially your audience. So whether you're doing that because you've got a large social media following or you host a show like you do, Marnie, and you've got a, a good audience for your show or maybe you write a, a national column for the business journals, um, whatever it is, you're a speaker, you're out you know, speaking at large events several times a month all around the world. Those are things that give you an audience. And whatever you can do to reach that audience is what you need to do to inspire those book sales. And, of course, there's traditional publicity and online publicity and all kinds of ways that you can reach an audience. But I'll be honest, book sales are hard. I think this is um, often shocking to new authors how hard it is to sell a book. Just because it's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com does not mean the book is going to sell. You're competing with millions of titles, millions and tens of thousands of new titles are released every year. So just because the book exists doesn't mean you have readers. You really have to work for every single reader of your book. I so agree with that that is probably the most surprising aspect of writing a book. Uh, writing the book itself is surprising how much work it takes to get it written and published and all that. But then then you get to the other side and you think you're done as an author, and that's when the work really just begins almost. <laughs> It is when when, the work begins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it is difficult. It's difficult for people to find you. It's difficult for people to um, believe that you're the place they should put their money. Uh, So so all of these things are important. And let's talk about bonuses for a little bit because um, sometimes the bonuses seem like, wow, like almost desperate grabbing. (laughs) You know, the bonuses are worth way, way, way. Uh, extra proportional compared to what you're getting in the book. So talk about bonuses and how to think about that in kind of a reasonable way. Yeah, I'm so glad you said it in that way because there is so much hype out there around book launches and things like that. And, you know, what we're seeing or what we've seen in the past are these one-day campaigns, buy my book today and you're going to get all these bonuses from all my author friends. And that's going to make me a best-selling author in this minute you know, category on Amazon for 10 minutes. And honestly, I'm really against those strategies. There's no long-term benefit to pushing your book with bonuses to sell for one day only. There's no long-term benefit. Um, So really, it's more about uh, creating those long-term sales and consistent long-term sales. So I would say that you don't want to... um, you don't want to put all your eggs in that kind of a launch basket, 
But there's nothing wrong with offering some bonuses. And so I've certainly done that in the past. I don't even reach out to my author friends. I've done this on my own. I'm a content creator by nature anyway, so I have a lot of content. So when I release a new book, I will often um, offer you know, three to five bonus templates or worksheets or whatever to go with the book. Um, and that can be a bonus for pre-sale. And I did that in the past. In fact, with the Own Your Niche book, I had a pre-sale bonus. And people liked it so well, I just kept it. I kept it up for a really long time because they were really appreciating it. And I thought, well, whatever you know, it takes to make your readers happy, do that. So um, from a bonuses perspective, I will add, there was one um, book launch through an, a Hay House author, and I've been trying to remember her name. I think it was um, Colette, Colette Baron-Reed is her name. And so she had a book come out. I can't even remember the title of the book. This was a couple of years ago. But Hay House did this incredible promotion where they got a bunch of their authors together to do this bonus page. And if you bought the book during this period of time, and it was a couple of a week's um, time frame, you could enter to win prizes from all of these other authors. Some were big name authors like Wayne Dyer, and some were authors you probably never heard of. But they were giving away like passes to their seminars, and there was a cruise at sea, and there was a you know, an author gift pack, and you could click a button to enter each of these different authors' um, contests all after you've purchased the new book that's come out. It was complicated. I'm sure they spent a lot of money to put together a page like that that had all these bonuses going to these individual authors, but I honestly thought it was a brilliant campaign because they were giving away so many cool prizes. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that people do love. I mean, we love things for free that are truly of value, and I think that that's maybe the the key to keep in mind is when you're working on your bonus, you have to ask the question. You know, would it motivate you personally to buy something, yeah. or you know, or is it just you know something that you don't really care about but you needed a bonus and so you're sticking it out there? And I think it's so important to really honor the intelligence of the buyer. And to say, you know, this has to be something that's truly of value. If I were to price it separately, it would have a value that that the reader, you know, the potential reader would appreciate. And, um, you know, I I think to to think about the logistics of it is really important. How's it how's it going to work? Like, are you going to have to hand personally hand release all of these things afterwards? You know, with people emailing you their Amazon. Um, you know, purchase number, how are you actually going to run it? And it should be simple enough that you could, you know, you can automate it. That would be, you know, my advice for sure. And that's another reason to to have a really great web designer in your pocket, right? Because when I do a, a, a launch like that or some sort of a campaign, I call my web guy and say, hey, this is what I want to do. You know, create a registration form for me, create an automated response, you know, sequence, that goes out to people when they sign up. So you're absolutely right. You don't want to be hand responding to people with each email. You know, I did a campaign once. I decided to do a free ebook giveaway for one of my books, and I didn't want to use Amazon's free giveaway because they don't give you any any sales data. You have no idea who's downloaded your book. So as an experiment, I decided I'd give away my PDF version of my of my book for three days. And over those three days, I had over a thousand people register. I was shocked. I was mm. hoping to get a couple hundred. So had right. I been doing that manually, can you imagine what a nightmare right. that would have been? You know, the whole thing was automated thanks to my web guy and a couple hours of his time. Right, and and the other thing is, uh, we are used to having instant responses, and so if it takes you know forty eight hours for me to get that free thing you offered, I'm thinking, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. And it's kind of yeah. a bad reflection on the author, too. So you really want to think this all through before you put it together and make sure that it's doable. Well, this is Marnie Slender. We're visiting today with Stephanie Chandler of nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. We're going to come right back and talk about some do-yourself publicity strategies to generate big exposure, as well as how to set reasonable expectations for things like sales, shipping, and beyond. We'll be right back. 
WomenSpeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit WomenSpeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Do you lead a women's Bible study or know someone who does? Check out BibleStudyExpo.com. That's www.BibleStudyExpo.com. Here you'll meet the authors of the most recently released Bible study books for women. You'll meet Liz Curtis Higgs, Lisa Devere, Pam Farrell, Elisa Morgan, and dozens of other Bible study book authors. Each author is given 15 minutes to share the story behind her book, her ideal audience, and a little bit about the study's format so you can decide which Bible studies you want to introduce next. It's all available to you free and online at www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's www.biblestudyexpo.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're talking today about eight keys to a successful pre-sale for your book. And our guest is Stephanie Chandler. Her website is nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. And she's so graciously uh, donated her time here this afternoon to help us understand all about this pre-sale idea that's pretty new and pretty important for us to consider. Stephanie, when we're talking about pre-sales and publicity, we were just talking about some ways to increase sales. Uh, Let's talk about some ways that people can do it themselves, uh, ways to generate some bigger exposure without, like, hiring a PR firm or something like that. Oh, yeah. And these days, again, so many opportunities out there. Um, I, I'd start with uh, bloggers. I think bloggers have all the power today, um, more so than our newspapers. And, you know, by the way, I realize a lot of our listeners are probably self-published. So it's really hard, much harder to get traditional media coverage if you're self-published. And therefore, all the more reason to go with the online routes. But bloggers have audiences. So if you can find blogs that reach your target audience, and get the blogger to either review your book if they offer book reviews or let you contribute guest article or they can interview you, then you're going to reach their audience. And a lot of these bloggers with niche topics have really loyal audiences. Um, Same thing with Internet radio programs like yours, Marnie, and podcasts. I think podcasting is exploding right now. Um, It's really interesting that Apple has put the – the podcast app onto all of its devices, and you cannot delete mm-hmm. it off of your iPhone. Wow, interesting! You cannot delete it. And next year, we're seeing cars coming off the assembly line with the um, podcasting app built into the dashboard. So, podcasting is about to really explode, and there are some incredibly popular podcasting programs that interview guests. And even if they're not that popular, you know, if they've been on the air for at least a year, that's my personal criteria for saying yes to an interview, then they probably have some sort of an audience. And I'm sure you would agree, Marnie, that hosts need guests. If you're if you're hosting a weekly program or a daily program, that's a lot of people you need to interview throughout the year. So, you know, authors should be out pitching themselves to these programs that reach their target audience. And it's your pitch is not about your book. It's about you and what you bring to the table. And, and uh, you know, these Internet programs, I prefer to do an Internet program any day over traditional radio. I've done traditional radio. I'm based in California. If I want to do a, a, a morning drive time show in New York, I have to get up at 4 a.m., and I'm lucky if they give me 10 minutes of airtime, and people right. are sitting in their cars, and they're not positioned to buy, but a program like yours gets archived, it gets put on iTunes, it gets promoted online to social media, and it has much more longevity and and reach, in my opinion, than traditional radio. Well, right. Not only not only those things, but also it has um, power with Google. People can search it versus the, a traditional radio show. You you're on, you're off, you're you know it's over. A lot of them have archives now that kind of help with that. But you're so right that so many more people listen to um, podcasts 
and Internet radio actually in front of their computer, <laughs> which is a huge advantage if you have something to sell or something to share. Let's just talk about that for a couple minutes longer because I think that the distinction there is so important between times when you're going to promote your book and times when you're going to promote yourself as a good guest. So let's talk about the bloggers. Um, the people, the bloggers, and even there are a lot of uh, podcasts and different shows who want to interview an author about their most recently released book. But the majority of programs, like this one, like ours here, um, we don't really want to interview an author about their most recent book. We really want to interview the author about the content of the book, which is a pretty big difference. Can you just speak to that? Yeah, it is a huge difference. You're not going to get really any luck with interviews if you're just pitching. It's all about your book. It's about the blogger or the show host's audience and the value you bring to that audience. I think that right. is so key. So what is it in your content, you know, in your content, knowledge, and experience that you bring to that audience? Are you you know, an expert on living with food allergies? Do you help women um, deal with divorce? You know, what is your expertise and what are some key points that you can bring to that audience when you're pitching yourself to the program host or the producer? Those are going to be what set you apart. And the fact that you have a book is a bonus and maybe they want to give away a copy for you or it's certainly going to get mentioned naturally within your interview. So, Make it all about the content and you as the expert bringing that um, advice for the listening audience. Right, and I think it is pretty pretty big mental shift for a new author to go ahead and get on a program and recognize that they're probably only going to mention your book once or twice. You know, on this program we mentioned the website quite a few times of our guests and the guest name. Sometimes the only time that's ever going to be mentioned is like in the last 10 seconds, uh, just kind of as a parting, a parting gift from the host of the show. Whatever, you have to really shift your shift your mind into becoming a resource for people instead of a bookseller. You you did write your book and you do want to sell your book, but if you don't become a resource for people, it's not going to work uh, with the media. They're just not going to give you airtime. And so uh, when you do it yourself, Stephanie, what are, do you like have a template that you use to pitch uh, to pitch shows like ours or like a different different program that you say, okay, I I built this one. I tweak it, but I use it most of the time. Yeah, I kind of do. I just kind of have a templated pitch. You know, I am. my name is Stephanie. I'm the author of this book. And, you know, I would love to speak to your audience about any of the following topics. And I might list five or six key points that I would like to focus on. For me, my topics tend to be around Internet marketing, social media, publishing, self-publishing, and so usually with one of those topics and it's a business-related show, I can find the right hook and, and we can make something work out. So, and, and by the way, these pitches, I'm sure you agree, Marnie, are short and sweet. You know, people are busy. They don't want to read a two-page diatribe on, on what you're doing with your life. It, it's short and sweet. I'm an expert in this topic. I have a lot of experience. This is why your audience will appreciate this content. You know, maybe throw in a statistic. Did you know 80% of people want to write a book? You know, um, and to get that hook and get them interested and help them know that, yeah, my audience should hear about this. It's also a really big benefit if you're timely, if your information ties into something happening in the news. You know, maybe you've written a book on the greatest prison escapes of all time. Now would be a great time for you to be getting some publicity because <laughs> you can piggyback off what's happened in New York with the two prisoners that escaped this week. So, um, you know, be really clear about your messaging, quick, short pitch by email, and and really you can book yourself for interviews. You can do these every day of the week I, from your, you know, pajamas in your home, on a phone line, a landline, and keep yourself quite busy promoting yourself and your book. Absolutely. So let's talk about now for the new author who is getting ready to do a pre-sale and they're getting their thousands of books, Stephanie, ready to send out to all the people <laughs> who are going to respond immediately. Okay, so you and I are smiling really big because we've been there and done that or else we know people who have. And so let's talk about how to set some reasonable expectations for sales, shipping, and beyond. 
Oh, goodness. You know, this always makes me flash back to a client I worked with several years back, and she had a she had a book, um, a financial book, and she did a big pre-launch, or I should say a big launch day event, one of those Amazon bestseller campaigns. I actually hired a company, spent thousands of dollars to help her do this, and got all these bonuses together, and they have this big launch, and you know, she's watching through the day, and her book's moving up in the rank, and it and it hits number two in her in her you know subcategory of a financial book. And she calls me up and she's like, "Oh, can I make a big check to my charity now?" And I said, "Probably not. You'd be Better surprised. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised how few books it takes to reach number one in a small category. And you'd also be surprised that all these launch efforts." are probably going to generate far fewer sales than you expect. And and that day, I think she ended up selling about 75 books after Mm -hmm. spending thousands of dollars. So you really do want to have your expectations set properly, especially if you're not coming into this with a large audience. She didn't have a large audience to begin with. She hired a company to help her, and they did reach, obviously, some people. But nothing can replace having your own audience, a large mailing list, a large blog readership, a a, a social media audience. And even with that, I have all those things. I don't sell thousands of books in the launch week, right? Um, So you have to be prepared that you're probably not going to sell books at that rate. It's very rare. I, I can't remember what the exact number is, but the average number of books for a business book author will sell out in three years is something like 8,000 books in three years. It's not a lot. So depending on the niche that your book is in, you know, I always say I'm I, my books are not New York Times bestseller material. They're not – they don't reach an audience – massive enough. I write niche topic books. So my expectations are in line with that. And one way to kind of get over that hump too is, you know, you're, to me, my books are not about how many books I sell or how much I make in book royalties. I could really care less about that. My books tie into what I do in my business life. So if your book can can bring you other opportunities paid speaking, for example, you could make more on one paid speaking engagement than you'll make in book royalties for the entire year, you know, or consulting or whatever it is that you do for your business. So I encourage my clients to view their books as a door opener and something that leads to other opportunities. Corporate sponsors, I had a six-figure corporate sponsorship because of one of my, my books, and it was a book that did not sell particularly well but it led to that company contacting me and giving me a, a, a wonderful contract for two years. So, you know, I guess it, as far as expectations go, set them low, and then maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised. I, I still remember the first time I was on the air on a big show, and I just expected the phones to just ring off the hook afterwards, you know, and just be, you know, books selling left and right, and it didn't happen, and I was so disappointed. And I thought, okay, Reset. But just for those of you who are listening, it is possible also that you go on a program, uh, big or small, and you do have a big result. I've also had that happen. So you can you can just say you can just say I'm just going to be okay with whichever way this goes. I'm going to do my part, which is to get the word out there about the book in the best way I know how, and then I'm going to see what happens with it. And I think that that's the safest way to play and. That's going to allow you to have so much fun, too. Instead of putting all your eggs in one basket and thinking, oh, you know, this just has to be the, the moment. <laughs> so the book makes it big girls, it's never going to happen. It's going to allow you to just go on whatever shows or do whatever publicity or be interviewed by a blogger or whatever. It's going to allow you to have fun with that one engagement and then to enjoy the entire process going forward. Stephanie, this is such good stuff. We have a couple more things to address. We're going to take a short break and come back and talk about why simple ordering is critical, and also we're going to talk about um, when, where, and how to start promoting your pre-publication offer. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or 
Type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Money troubles got you down? Visit www.godlywealth.com to discover the fastest way to financial peace. You'll gain perspective, biblical training, and clear direction to help you move from terrified to triumphant. It's all free and available to you online at www.godlywealth.com. Not only will you learn a balanced, godly perspective about money, but you'll also enjoy scripture set to music, a wealth roster worksheet, and much more, all free and online at www.godlywealth.com. That's www.godlywealth.com. Welcome back to Author Training. Our guest today, Stephanie Chandler, is talking about eight keys to a successful pre-sale for your book, and we are on the home stretch here. Miss Stephanie, you have just provided us with so much great information today. And next we're going to talk for a couple minutes about why simple ordering is critical and what are some of the ideas that you would give people for setting that up. Well, you're... When you're talking about pre-sales, you are going to have to ship your books, right? So you want to keep that in mind as you're setting this up. But you want to make it as easy as possible for people to purchase that book. And really, that means that you've got to have um, a buy now button on your website that allows people to pay by credit card. Uh, One of the simplest ways to do that is with PayPal. They offer a merchant services feature where you can create a buy now button and a lot of people don't realize this you don't have to be a paypal user to make that purchase paypal has a link below if you're not a paypal user click here to pay with a credit card so paypal has come a long way in allowing people to make it easier to process uh, payments and when you do you you want to charge for shipping you also have to keep in mind that you have to collect sales tax if you're selling to a buyer in your same state so you're going to have to you know, file for what's known as a resale license with the county where you live and collect sales tax. Otherwise, you could get in a little bit of trouble. But the merchant service providers like PayPal or another shopping cart service, I, I like ejunkie.com, and I'll spell that. It's e-j-u-n-k-i-e.com is my personal um, favorite shopping cart service. But they will automatically help you calculate tax and collect sales tax for sales made in your state. If they're out of state, um, as far as I know, most states don't require you collect sales tax. But the bottom line is you need to make it as easy as possible for your buyers. The more you know obstacles you put in the way, the quicker they're going to be to abandon your the purchase. Let's talk about that because it's really important to make buying as easy as possible. Um, they've done research, and for every click, for every additional click of the shopping cart abandonment goes up. And so the less clicks a person has to make in order to get your book, even you know, even when they get to your website, like how buried is it? You know, do they have to go through four pages before they can find the book that we're talking about? Or can you send them directly into that one? Which is, you know, we haven't talked about this before, but which is if you can title your book something that has a URL that's available, a website address that's available to purchase, that's a wonderful thing. Even if you even if you actually create a page in your own main site and then just forward that over to your site, even something as simple as that really makes it easier for people to find it. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, some people want to create a separate site for their book, and I personally prefer to keep it on my main site. I like the URL idea, and I do that as well. I'll buy the the domain for the book title and forward it to the page on my website because, quite frankly, I want to keep all my traffic coming to one place. Mm-hmm. One and I'm place. also mm-hmm. – yeah, and I'm also somebody who is going to write a lot of books over my you know career. Right. So if I create a new website for each book I write and a new Facebook page for each book I write, I'm going to have a whole lot of stuff to manage. 
So that's something to consider, too. If this is the one and only book you're ever going to write, then maybe you, you create a separate site for it. Um, but, you know, you made a wise point that you've got to have a, a good, solid sales page with a big, you know, buy now, you know, pre-order now button that allows people to make that purchase as easily as possible and it collects their credit card information and, you know, gives you that sales data. Another thing that they've proven really helps in a buying situation is to put a money-back guarantee with it. And if you're willing to do that, it really does help people feel more safe that once, you know, once they wait for two months and then they get your book, if it's just not what they wanted, you know, they would feel like, well, it's too late to do anything about it then. But if you say, you know, I just can, I'm going to guarantee this book and either love it or, you know, send it back and we'll, you know, give your money back or however you want to handle that. But a, a guarantee is another way that really helps people. And then, of course, if you've got some references or referral letters of people who've read part of the manuscript in advance and have really loved what you're writing, again, that just builds credibility and gives people confidence to put money through to you. And it's really online, it's funny, it's really all about a confidence factor. Do they trust you to do what you say you're going to do? And if they don't, they're not going to buy from you. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. So when and where would you recommend that people start promoting the pre-publication offer? Yeah, no more than two months in advance. And, and make sure your your manuscript is done and you're in the, in, at least into the production phase of the book because you want to be able to offer a fairly solid release date. And as far as where you're going to promote it, you're going to promote it everywhere. You're going to promote it on your <laughs> Facebook and your Twitter and your LinkedIn and your Instagram and your you know, your blog and your your website's going to have a big, you know, fancy button that that says, you know, get in get in on the pre-order now and and you're going to ask your colleagues and your clients and your friends to help you spread the word and and you're going to start promoting it by maybe this is when you start touring the blogs and you even start booking your radio and podcast interviews. Because it's all about promotion. It's nothing is going to happen without keeping those wheels in motion, and it's exhausting. Right? I mean, it's it's a lot of work to promote a book. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and you know, and I think that the key is to identify uh, what's going to work best for you. And you know, it's back to that old saying, Stephanie: "Profit, know thyself." You know, and if you hate doing blogs or if you hate doing radio or if you hate, you know, don't pick the things you hate. Pick the things that you love, things that that turn your crank, things that motivate you, and go with those because that's going to be really what you're going to be able to get yourself to do consistently over the long run. If you pick to go for something that somebody else said was really good for them but you hate it, it's not going to work for you. So I think it's really important to narrow down your focus to something that you can actually accomplish and do. And over at Marty.com, there's a whole bunch in the in the media section and author section, there's a whole bunch of training in there to help you to figure out what your options are and how to decide that. Stephanie, if people went over to nonfictionauthorsassociation.com, is there help there for them? Yeah, we have a blog, and our members get all kinds of content. We do twice-monthly educational teleseminars. We release new content each week. Um, We have an active member forum, a very active forum on LinkedIn, where members share um, experiences and advice, and I need help with this, and how did you handle that? And so we have uh, a really active community, and now with local chapters happening too, there's all kinds of resources available. That's so great. One of the things that people are always concerned about is that there's too much information. It's very difficult to find exactly what you need. So um, I'll start first. At Marnie.com, there's a search bar at the top that you can just actually search for exactly the training that you're looking for and to see if we have it available. When you get over to Nonfiction Authors Association, how do people actually find what they need when they need it? Well, we have members have a back end, so we have a back end member page with the um access to the content. And we really I agree with your assessment. There's so much information out there. So we've got things like simple 
straightforward reports. How to get a traditional book deal is, I think, a 12-page report with right. these are the steps, okay. here's how it's done. We really break it down for you, and we've got a, a self-publishing checklist that is in an Excel spreadsheet that you can check you know, as you go because that is a very overwhelming process, publishing a book. So what we really have aimed to do is simplify it all, make it really clear and simple, and you know, plus when you're getting advice from peers, that can be really, really helpful, right? People who've already been down that path before you, especially in the publishing world. I there's so much conflicting advice out there, and at some point you either find somebody you trust to give you the straight up answer or you follow your gut. You know, we could we could talk for hours about what's the best way to self-publish your book and, you know, what's the best self-publishing option and should you or shouldn't you go with with publisher XYZ. So there's a, a lot of, uh, of debate out there, and you're really getting one person's opinion when you get information. But if you trust that person and they've never let you down, then you're probably getting some <laughs> good advice. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know what I I was thinking about? Um, I was thinking about how to how to find the the help that you need when you need it. And I actually there's a there's a stuck uh, there's a progression a little. Uh, image that I use for people and it's this picture of a circle and the circle just has um, three arrows and the first arrow on the right hand side says progressing okay you're making progress and then the next one hits a hits a roadblock and that's called stuck okay so you get stuck and then there's this period of time until you get to the next arrow which says progressing again (laughs) so what happens is that in whatever area of our lives we're working at something, especially if we're in a learning curve where we just need more information all the time, all you have to do is focus on where you're stuck. And my goal and Stephanie, your goal for writers is to help them get unstuck as quickly as possible. So of course you're going to get stuck. You're going to actually hit things that you've never done before. You don't know what to do. You don't know who to ask. And I just encourage you, either go over to Marnie.com or go to Stephanie's site, which is nonfictionauthorsassociation.com or go to both of them. But just Search and find the information that you need there, and then go ahead forward. Um, Stephanie, I both have hearts to help you to get unstuck as quickly as possible because the reality is you're spending your entire life either progressing or being stuck. And so the, the faster you can get unstuck, the more progress you'll be able to make in your goals to reach your goals, and that's what we are here to do. Stephanie, this hour has been so much fun, and you've just shared such great content. Thank you for being here. Oh, Marnie, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun to chat with you. Yeah, and it's been great to chat with you, too. Maybe just very quickly, tell us a little bit about your two books that we mentioned here, Own Your Niche and The Nonfiction Book Marketing Plan. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Own Your Niche is about um, how to stand out in your field as an expert. So it's really for authors, speakers, consultants, and how do you set yourself apart from your competitors online. So again, online marketing is my passion. It has served me so well in my career. And so we talk about ways that you can really stand out by marketing with content, leveraging social media without it taking, you know, tons of time. That's a big fear a lot of people have. And, you know, the reality is social media is not going away. It's not a fad, right? So we have to embrace it. And then the nonfiction book marketing plan is exactly what it says it is. It's helping Nonfiction authors build their plan for marketing their books online and offline um, to reach a, a bigger audience. Basically, all the stuff we talked about today and the, and a whole lot more. So awesome! You guys want to go check that out? Stephanie's website is nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. <laughs> Stephanie, thanks so much. I hope you have a super rest of the day. Thank you, Marnie. Thanks for having me, and thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you all for being here. Can't have a radio show without listeners. And so we're always so excited and grateful that you come and spend the afternoon with us, as well as those of you who listen to the archives, the shows around the uh, web, and also the uh, affiliate and um, syndicate program. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.